Hello, Graham. Howdy. Hi. How's it going? It's going great. Yeah. All right. Christ so Christmas is almost here, so yeah. Well, that makes it always great, it right? It does, yeah. Yeah. It's everybody's favorite time of year. So we <laughs> are um, the Heel Toe Corner Club, you right? Got it. And um, basically, we're Marcus from Heel Toe Automotive, Graham from Minute Rice Channel, my video editor, mm -hmm. for all the wonderful content that you see on YouTube <laughs> uh, that's under the Heel Toe banner. Uh, Graham has edited the vast majority of it at this point. Yeah. yeah. Um, so we're here to bring you uh, some content that is maybe topical, maybe technical, mm -hmm. maybe entertaining, hopefully entertaining. Yeah, let's hope. I'm getting some feedback that it's at least mildly entertaining. Well, good. Yeah. Yeah, Somebody posted on the video that I posted yesterday, in for first comment, like, <laughs> one of five, bro, you got it. But uh, yeah, Those other four people are going to be very impressed. You know, <laughs> to be honest, it is nice to have the positive yeah. feedback, you know, yeah. uh, even though it's sort of diminutive in well, yeah, uh, but, volume. But I think, you know, a couple of loyal followers is better than a lot of disloyal just passersby, you know. I think so. Yeah. And, you know, if you go back to our first podcast, the one that started everything yeah. with the NSX, it had all kinds of unwelcome <laughs> kind of ridiculous comments. <laughs> of so, course. you know, that was nice for the uh, all the activity, but uh, I would rather have this be the wholesome thing that it is right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, less uh -huh. of a beehive of activity mm -hmm. from randos. Yeah, so the last one that we posted up was a little bit of a technical chat. or I don't even really want to call it technical because I'm not trying to be super technical. Yeah, right? we're not listing measurements and like yeah, things like that. I'm not like that guy with the whiteboard. Yeah, um, yeah. Which, you know, Engineering Explained is a great one if you haven't seen it. But, um, you know, I don't know. We've got a bunch of junk in the background. We so, do, yes. Uh, Some pretty cool stuff. It was a little bit of a, of a techie thing on the Blah Files, and we finished it, mm -hmm. and I was thinking about it, and I thought, is this really, was it the best that we could make it? And I thought, it doesn't really matter, really. I went back and listened to it later, and I thought, you know, I don't want to get too technical mm -hmm. with the way that we talk about certain things. Yeah, well, everything's very conversational. It's like, we don't script any of this, too. That's something no. that we should make clear to everybody is this is just us talking. Yeah, kind of it is. And, and uh, every once in a while, we'll have a situation where I don't really know what we're going to... I'm mostly coming up with some of these topics. You're, Graham, more than welcome to come up with a topic. Yeah. yeah. But uh, we did literally talk about that one specifically. Oh, Bluff, I was like, okay, like, let's make a more technical talk, right? Mm -hmm. And I just hope that I either don't come off as thinking that I know too much, but you can poke a bunch of holes in what I say, mm -hmm. or also maybe making things more complicated than they need to be so that, you know, the really entry-level person doesn't quite understand it. And if you are one of the people that would want to criticize me for saying something wrong mm -hmm. or having a difference of opinion yeah. against the grain, I don't really care. Yeah, I'm just going to put that out there right now. I really don't care because... There's a whole bunch of you guys out yeah. there, and the reason why I'm doing what I'm doing is because y'all are way too <laughs> in the trenches over what's right, what's yeah. wrong, whatever. It gets pretty hazy, and, and you're actually, you know, your boots on the ground with the actual customers, with the people that are trying to make these decisions. Right. Yeah. In the uh, description or the show note for that episode, I specifically put in there that 
I'm not a technician. Yeah. You know, I was a tech apprentice for almost a year mm -hmm. in 1997. <laughs> right. That was 90, yesterday. 1998, yeah. right? <laughs> I, I bought all the tools that I need. I still have tools in my toolbox from that very first, nice. you know, at the dealership. Um, but I mean, I feel like I got a really good immersion. Mm -hmm. And I'm one of these guys that I look at it, I learn it, I interpolate, and I move on. Mm -hmm. Right? And so... I honestly don't really think it's important for us to get hyper specific and technical and sciencey about anything because really what we're trying to do again not a technician not trying to diagnose your car no right no. not trying to tell you what to buy necessarily but just want you to know a little bit more so that you can make the informed purchase yeah that's really what Educate, my goal is educating consumers on how to make these kinds of choices for themselves yeah yeah because that is one of the things for anybody that gets into this is it's like well, where do you start because i mean I've, I've referenced it a million times cameras electronics all kinds of things it's the same question in every field it's well, what should i get well, you know what is this good is this bad what's best and how do you even know what's good, bad, or best until yeah. you understand more about kind of what does any of this mean? What does it mean to you? What do you prefer and what do you want? You yeah. Know? So really, you always have to turn the magnifying glass on yourself, ultimately. It's not I think so, you do. It's not about the parts so much as it is about you because any of these things will work. Mm -hmm. They will function and they will give yeah. you a solution to your problem. But whether or not that's the one you prefer, who knows? Yeah. Like exhausts especially. Yeah. I mean, holy oh, yeah. moly. I got asked twice this week, <laughs> Yeah. which exhaust should I buy? Oh, man. And I said, you know, I can't tell you. Yeah. I said, yeah, this is a personal choice. There's you, there's three reasons why people buy exhaust systems. <laughs> yeah. One is for performance. Mm -hmm. Two is for a different look. Yeah. And three is for a different sound. Yep. Right? Even if the one on your car is rotting and falling off, mm -hmm. and that might be your reason to get a new one because you <laughs> need suppose, a new yeah. one. Which one you buy is going to be dictated by those three things. Mm -hmm. Anywhere from just shitty stock replacement parts to, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. And so I just say, hey, look, at, I, I do literally both of these people shot it right back around to them. Mm -hmm. Because let's be honest, if I had one in stock, I'd let them know. Yeah. But you can't really buy exhausts like that yeah, nowadays. Immediately. So, you know, I just say, hey, look. It depends on what you want. You know, with Apex World Sport 2, mm -hmm. Skunk 2 Mega Power, yeah. the Fujitsubo, Tanabe Medallion, mm -hmm. uh, or the Revel Medallion S, or whatever, they yeah. change their name. You know, these are all good exhausts. We have a three inch uh, single for the TSX coming out under the Fastlane Performance cool. name. These are all great. Jay is racing. Oh, how long will it take to get a Toto exhaust, bro? Mm -hmm. And I'm. <laughs> believe you're probably listening to this how long it will take to get your toad exhaust please don't ask me that question i have no clue in the best of times i would have no idea yeah. i mean the more niche the part becomes the harder that kind of thing yes. is to say yeah. yeah that exhaust will come when, <laughs> when it's it, ready when it arrives <laughs> that's when it will come yeah i mean and yeah. there's certain things but we won't know up until you know we won't know till we have a tracking number. Yeah. Something will be on back order for six months, and I won't see it coming. Mm -hmm. And then the track order, oh, it's shipped. Yeah, and I mean, even if you're proactive and you're calling these manufacturers daily, all they can do is say, well, on our schedule, we have this tentative build order yeah. for this many parts, and then we don't know well, which Well, nowadays, what shows or... up, shows up. 
So, yeah. you know, you, your decision can't be based on how long is it going to take. No. Right? Well, it, it's got to be based on uh, <laughs> the look, the sound, the exclusivity, mm-hmm. the power of the gains that it says, or the bigger piping or whatever. But all of these things turn into a personal choice. Yeah. How long it takes to get it after that and how much it costs to buy it mm-hmm. are, believe it or not, secondary issues. If you're in the car modifying hobby yes. and the cost of a thing isn't a <laughs> secondary issue yeah. at least. Yeah. Then you're doing it probably I, not the real enthusiast way. I was just thinking about that on the way over here. I was thinking about how many people post on forums and, and on subs and things, and they say, I'm trying to figure out how to build this turbo kit for my car, and I'm on a tight budget, and I have uh-huh. $4,000. It's like, dude, if you have a budget to do this, you shouldn't do this. <laughs> yes. Like, you really yes. shouldn't. Like, yeah. if you're scared of the figures, you're going to be terrified of well, the ownership and the maintenance yeah. and all the other things that are going to come well, with Ironically, this. the more you spend up front, the less you're going to spend later on. Sometimes, Most yeah. of the time, if you're not pushing it. But, yeah, I mean, the cost has got to be... You've got to be gotta, okay listen, with it. I want to boost... I'm getting actually a lot of inquiries these days about second-generation TSXs, people wanting to, like, Supercharged. Oh, fun, yeah. Well, CT Engineering had uh, yeah. blower kit for it, but and it was great. You know, they're yeah. not around any longer, and mm-hmm. um, you know, there's no supercharger for that car. There's yeah. none. I've, I've thought about trying to make one just so that I don't have to keep telling people no. Mm-hmm. I don't really want to make or sell superchargers, but you know, it, at a certain point, it becomes hard telling people no because it's like, well. Can I put a supercharger car on my... Yes, you can. Get a Merc mm-hmm. racing kit with the manifold adapter. But yeah. you're going to have to do everything. Oh, what's involved? It's pretty piecemeal. Everything. Yeah. If you're asking me what's involved with putting the blower on the car, this goes to, we need to educate you. Yeah. And I, I don't like saying I don't have the time, but mm-hmm. I just don't have the capacity or the time resource, let's yeah. just say, to educate probably just need to write a blog article on it that yeah. would nip it all right but i that involves doing a bunch of research it's a lot of work and yeah man there's only one of me i guess that's part of the problem we should yeah. probably talk about that in one of these uh episodes too like yeah maybe we'll talk about that uh just right now be my guest okay let's cover merc racing superchargers yeah jose will probably love this yeah or hate it <laughs> I don't really care if he loves it or hates it, but you know, here's the reality. Just as an aside, it's been forever since I've seen what he stocks and makes, but I remember when I first came across him and started communicating with him, it was about my Civic, and it was about his like uh, water inter- um, after-cooler kits. Right. And he was like starting to do some kind of crazier stuff with like M82s on him and like bigger superchargers yeah. on RSXs mostly, but I don't really know where he's at now. Yeah, so he's kind of evolved past that. He's got into using different blower manufacturers. Okay. When CT was still in business, Mm -hmm. they were also having supply issues. I mean, you know, you can't talk about Merc Racing without talking about ridiculously long wait time for your kit. (laughs) Maybe sometimes it's longer than others, right? Mm -hmm. But it depends on, number one, above all, blower supply. Yeah. Right? So CT Engineering and Merck were both getting blowers from Magnuson. Mm-hmm. And Magnuson was just not able to fill yeah. the orders. The blowers that they that they make, they go on all kinds of different applications. Tons, yeah. You know, and you know, these are precision built things, lots of metal involved. Mm-hmm. You, don't imagine that they're easy to make. They're obviously not inexpensive. Yeah, well, especially when you look at the way the screws 
fit with one yeah. another. The tolerance is perfect. Yeah, they're they're. It's like I'm sitting there going, "How the hell did they get these things together?" Like, it's wild. It's almost yeah. like they just milled it out of a solid chunk and two screws. It's totally. It's wild. amazing how old blower technology actually is. It is. Too, yeah, it's these ancient. Have gone back more than a hundred years. Yeah. And uh, but that kind of precision has been around for that long. Well, they just. Well, make a good supercharger, but yeah. aren't able to spit them out at a rate that yeah. satisfies what, you know, Merck or CT or probably most of their customer base mm-hmm. is demanding, you yeah. know. And uh, I heard heard some woes about it from, from Nate at CT Engineering before they had closed. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just thought, you know, this is an unenviable position that you're yeah. in. Like, and I knew right then and there that I never wanted to get involved with this stuff and yeah. for, fast forward when they were selling um, the CT intellectual property you know they mm-hmm. yeah because you, bu- you bought a portion of it, I yeah. did I got I was on the short list of one person they contacted to <laughs> take over the icebox production nice and we got the uh, intellectual property for the short shifters as well because we sell a bunch of those also those are great yeah just a little that um, little adapter machine, thing. stainless yeah. steel guy yeah mm-hmm. uh, so the blowers weren't even part of the conversation you know, they didn't, I didn't want it. Yeah. It wasn't even available. A lot of extra work. Yeah, the, uh, <laughs> the, the molds for the castings for the manifolds had gone other places, and mm-hmm. I just wasn't into it. And uh, um, so, and part of the reason why I knew I didn't want to is because I didn't want to deal with blower supply. Yeah. And these are big dollar amounts we're talking about, too. You know, by 20 blowers is yeah a big chunk of change. They're three, four grand a piece, usually. Yeah, I yeah. mean... <clears throat> Something like that. Yeah, you can market me the way that this market is too. Trying to mark stuff up is like really hard. So, you know, and then, you know, talking a lot with uh, Jose Mercado from Mm -hmm. Merc Racing, you know, he's got the same struggles. He actually, um, you know, he's a very uh, passionate person. He is, yeah. And he's uh, confided in me a lot on different, uh, at different times. He really has a lot financially and mentally and emotionally invested in his product line yeah and he uh really wants to do a good job but i think that he uh ends up finding himself working really hard to or, do or that. Yeah. maybe harder than he wants to or maybe even harder than he should be <laughs> yeah and he gets put through the ringer a little bit and so i've talked to him a, a number of times about this and you know one time he was surprised to hear from me i'm like look dude like i understand you're having blower surprise CT does too, and yeah. it was news to him. He had no idea. <laughs> he thought that he was having to compete like with these other him. people that yeah. were able to sling these things around no problem. I'm like, no, dude, they're the same as you. It's the whole thing. It's the same yeah. fucking story, and it's over the same product, yeah. right? And so where he kind of evolved out of that was, well, first of all, CT Engineering went away, which yeah. was actually a little bit of a boon for him I'm because sure. he became the only supplier. Yeah. Uh, for these types of blowers, um, but he changed uh, to a different manufacturer. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, and I think now he's even gone to a different one now. Um, well, I remember for a while he was experimenting around with, um, yeah, totally different blower types. Uh, yeah, these TVS blowers. Yeah, TVS, and then there was uh, what the hell are they called? Lysolms. Lysol yeah. design is what they're called. Yeah, yeah. I think he's bounced around a little <laughs> bit, and uh, now he's getting also from a company called Harup. Okay, yeah, I've yeah. never heard of any of these. I've, I've heard of them in the context of muscle cars. Right, so, yeah. you know, he's been getting those, and I guess the supply has been better, Good. right? Um, this doesn't really change 
how the supply of the cast products are. Mm -hmm. Now, about cast stuff. Like manifolds and whatnot. Yeah, yeah, so I found out from actually doing the ice boxes, which are rotational molded, mm -hmm. you know, some kind of molding, casting, whatever. Like, you're going to get 75 raw, <laughs> you know... Pieces. Lumps. Yeah. <laughs> it's called a lump, right? Mm -hmm. And then they need to be machined and cut and whatever. I mean, and I'm talking about the blower manifolds and the plastic for the ice boxes right now. Yeah. Like, they both need all this work. And you sometimes don't find out until you get halfway <laughs> through the work if your product is actually good. Oh, God. You mean like if it has defects that make it unsellable or exactly. something? Exactly. Like yeah. Right. Now, it's probably a lot more of a sin if it's like cast aluminum manifolds than if it is the, the plastic boxes. Sure. The plastic isn't horrifically expensive. But after you've invested 20 minutes of work into it, you don't yeah. really want that. And we're, we're taking out of the fact that I might screw up modifying them. Yeah. But, um, you know, he's not just contending with the blower supply. He's also contending with, you know, the quality of the castings yeah. that come. And CT had sometimes issues with that, too, just on the insider. These things never made it out, right? Yeah. They have a good name. They have a good quality product because they had to scrap a bunch of shit. Yeah. You know, they did the QC and threw it out. Well, they just, yeah. you know, they had a high standard and, and Jose does as well. So mm -hmm. it's just sort of like you don't really realize that the reason why maybe you have to wait 60, 90, 120 days when you're originally told six weeks mm -hmm. may be truly... Sorry, I'm just making sure our recording's still going. Oh, yeah. Yeah, just want to make sure. Hold on, guys. Sorry. Camera. Recording yes. with the remote recording it is. It is still working. That's why I keep checking my watch, too. It's because I'm looking at the screen. Because I have an iPhone now, remember, everybody? I said oh that last God. episode. Because yeah. you were like, man, my freaking website with iPhones. Yeah, I uh, know. But we're you're still working on that. Yeah, but you're saying the castings um, are a risk. So, yeah, the castings are kind of a risk. So, like, you know, the, the exact point being, you know, if you've had to wait six months and you're originally told six weeks, yeah. well, part of this is why. Yeah. Because, you know, maybe, you know, everything was supposed to arrive around mm -hmm. the four to five week point and then it was just going to be down to some machining and some assembly and then yeah. whatever. But, uh, you know, that can go to hell. Yeah. Real quick. Well, and, uh, you know, you might find out at that five-week mark that, oops, these castings are garbage. Yeah. I need them redone. And then yeah. now the production schedule won't handle four-week turnaround. Now it's eight-week turnaround. Yeah. And, you know, that, by the time you end up with those, could put your machinist in this weird thing. And in the meantime, since you had to wait two more months, maybe you had to put your blower order on hold because yep. you can't have 30 grand out or whatever the hell yeah, the whole so, supply chain goes gunk, 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 and it gets all yeah the whole mangled. thing gets all dorked up and yeah. you know i'm not saying that's what happens all the time but i'm sure that that happens sometimes yeah and uh, i've got two guys right now that uh have prepaid for blower kits and i keep giving them these Rough and then you know estimates, yeah and then the soft end of it is uh, you know, Jose is a one guy. You know, there's one guy doing a website, yeah. one guy answering emails, taking payments, building kits, designing new things. He mm -hmm. still manages to design new things all the time. Yeah, and uh, you know, new suppliers and um, and he's got a full time job too. And he's a, fam he's a family as well. He's yeah. got a full time job that requires travel periodically and a family. And he goes out and races too. So now here yeah. we are, where it's like potentially these blower kits could ship pretty soon, but. 
you know, Who he's knows? tweaked, he's burned out, yeah. holidays here, I'm going on vacation with my family, and yeah. it'll be done when I get back. Yeah. And, you know, that's just, you have to kind of respect some some of that, too. Yeah. Well, so. my, my turbo I ordered for the Fiesta, it's an S280 from a smaller company called Turbo Technics out of Britain. Uh-huh. And they had the, the castings for the housings made, they had the turbine wheel made, they just didn't have the uh, inlet wheels made. Mm-hmm. They hadn't got them from the foundry yet, and so they yeah. just had to wait. They had to wait for the block of stainless steel or whatever it was, titanium, and yeah. then they have to mill it, you know? Yeah. And it's like... There's a schedule for that. Yeah. And then after they're done, do they pass quality? Everything has to pass quality. Exactly. And really, on these kinds of parts, guys, you don't want a rush job. You don't want a Friday no. job on a fucking turbo. And you don't want a Friday job on a supercharger. No, like, it's got to be done right. Yeah. And uh, these things cost good money, and they make great results if you put them in correctly. But the part that kind of sucks about it is that the customers have to come out of pocket up front. I know. You know and the then just wait. Customers have to come out yeah. of pocket up front. There's no way to do an authorization and then capture it later when the thing ships, which is, yeah. you know, normally how things would work. Yeah. Is that, you know, they take your authorization you for the pre-order it. Yeah. Well, yeah, you're actually pre-ordering it. Mm-hmm. You know, you're putting your name on it. The money has to go to the vendor so they can start buying product and building your yeah. kit. Yeah. Right. And when those uh, lead times cascade, you know. People start getting really nervous about their money, yeah. and uh, are they going to get their product and I don't even want it anymore, and all this. It's like, look, it, don't buy it if you're not committed to it. You yeah. really have to be committed. Uh, maybe some of us should be committed in a different <laughs> yes, sense yeah. for you know enduring some of this stuff. <laughs> yeah. But the reality is, um, you know, buying a blower kit for your and we'll just call it a specifically second generation TSX. Yeah. That's hurdle one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, that's hurdle one. And I think you know, once again, like it reminds me of what I said earlier about your budget, where it's like if you needed this money, you shouldn't have put it on a supercharger or a turbo kit. Well, you know? like you know, we're only really, I think, pointing a finger at the folks that were committed and then yeah. became uncommitted at a certain point yeah. because it took too long. Yeah, well, you and, know, and I gotta, def- I gotta say, totally, I, I get that. I get the impatience, but I know that for no, some. No, no, I don't. I don't think that's fair. I don't think that that's impatient at all. I think that it's when you were told that this mm-hmm. five thousand dollar thing that you were gonna buy was supposed to be ready in six to eight weeks, and that's already a good chunk of time, mm-hmm. right? To be laying out that kind of cash with. No guarantee that something is going to ship, other than you just trust the person, and sure. you know you should trust, you know them, me, established and, brands. Yeah, yeah. heel toe. That's why you buy it from heel toe or other somebody says to buy it instead of you know yeah. some shady thing. So I get it. After eight weeks, and you get told, man, it's going to be another three or four weeks because of this. Mm-hmm. Okay, tweaked. I'm still fine. Three four weeks goes by, and you go, hey, what about now? And then you get. The three times in a row of one to two weeks, mm-hmm. right? So now you're you're encroaching on the like five month mark, yeah, six month mark, and you've already paid for it. You're approaching the point at which you can no longer call your credit card company if yeah, you wanted and do to. Anything, yeah, and you, you know, at a certain point, the patience runs out, and this is not a renewable resource. The only way that 
we're able to work through these things. Mm -hmm. Heel toe is able to work through these things is through communication. Yeah. So we communicate, you know. We're, we're about to give proactive updates to these folks. They're not looking for an update right now. We're going to give them an update just because we heard a thing. Mm -hmm. So without the communication, that's where things sort of fall oh, apart. Oh, yeah. That's where things get very shady. Right. Where if you don't have a long-standing relationship with a brand, you sit there and sweat bullets and go, oh, shit. Yeah. Did I just get hoodwinked? Cause I'm a totally open book. Yeah. I'm the one on the phone. I'm the one in the email. Mm -hmm. I'm the one on the Facebook. I'm the one on the YouTube. That's this me. guy right here is the one that will call you proactively, mm -hmm. you know, or my wife now. And so you don't get that with a lot of places. Yeah. Like you can't look the, at the eyes, even some other channels, you know, like, uh, you know, whatever it is, uh, Fitment Industries or whatever. no shortage. The yeah. dudes that are on the video are not necessarily the same dudes they're, that are going to give you no. an update on your order. They're hired talent most of the time. And you know what? More power to them. They got a great yeah. channel. They got a great, and they're selling a product. All that great, but we do it differently, right? So, understand that all of that, uh, you know, cumulative time and energy that goes into it. Mm -hmm. You know, we're not getting a great markup on these things <laughs> yeah. either. At the five yeah. grand, I promise you, we're not making a whole lot of money after all of this back and forth that we do with folks, especially. Yeah. But we're able to like maintain that. But, you know, in the meantime, you know, let's just say you decide to take the plunge and buy the blower kit. And I'll be honest with you, like, hey, you know what? He says six to eight weeks. It's very probably going to take longer than that. Sometimes they're optimistic. Mm -hmm. Sometimes they're not. How long can it take? The the uh, smart customer will say, well, how long could this take? I'm like, I've had it take five, six months. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I, I've had it take a, a good long while, mm -hmm. you know? Um, and then you can't predict a thing like... You know, the shipping stuff, right? Yeah. And we know a lot of this is fallout from COVID, but it's not the first time where the ports in LA have had trouble. Yeah. It's happened a few times. And for just a strike or whatever, right? Mm -hmm. So you can never really know when your thing's going to come. And you just have to be prepared to wait. And then while you're waiting, start doing the research, you mm -hmm. know, and getting some of the other product, your fuel pump, your injectors. If you ask me right up front, what's everything I need to buy? It's going to be like, a gigantic shopping list. It's pretty and, big, yeah. Yeah, and then, uh, you know, it would probably take three, four months to fulfill it anyway, even if the yeah. blower came on and time. And then it takes, you know, I mean, with people's schedules, it can take weeks to install it all, too. Right. So, putting a blower on a second-gen TSX, it there's a lot of moving, and this is any case series, to be honest, but I think the second-gen TSX is a special case because it's, it's so similar to, like, what would be a ninth-gen Civic. Yeah. But not the same. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you might find support for a ninth gen Civic product, but it won't be there for a second gen TSX. Yeah. And so that means answering that question of how do I put a blower on my second gen TSX? And we go, well, first you're going to get this Merc Racing kit. Okay. What all's included in the kit? Mm -hmm. Well, it's a manifold, a blower, and I think a belt or something. Yeah. Belt you know, but pulley. it's like and a pulley. Yeah. Well, what else am I going to need? Well, the second thing you're going to need is a fabricator. Yeah. <laughs> because a fabricator is going to be the one who actually is going to build everything else, you know, as far as charge piping goes. Mm -hmm. Whether you get an air-to-air -air one or a liquid-to-air yeah. after-cooler, it's going to have to have some plumbing mm -hmm. and brackets made and whatever. Because, again, you're not going to go out and just buy, like you could maybe for a Civic get a bolt-on after cooler, mm -hmm. then you still have to build some piping, but whatever. 
it, it's not a cut and dry thing. Yeah. I feel bad for some of these second gen TSX guys because they literally just want to put a supercharger. Hey, what supercharger kits do you offer? And you know, yeah. and then how long will it take to come? It's like, well, I don't offer any kits at all. Yeah. And I can't answer number two at all. Yeah, and I mean, even if you look at other types of superchargers, the Rotrex, Kraftwerks stuff, mm -hmm. there's still there's a ton of custom fab. You know, yeah. and then there's also sacrifices where it's like, oh, well, you could do it much more easily if you just remove your air conditioner. Yeah, but do you want to do that? Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> uh, I remember that's, that's also so. There's another uh, brand. Mm -hmm. No, not to cut you off. No, no, okay. but uh, for the J series, mm -hmm. there's a guy Andy Gerzina in Ohio, and he makes a bracket to put a Rotrex blower on a J-series oh, engine. Awesome. It goes exactly where the AC compressor <laughs> yes, goes. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, with a with a mildly built engine and good tuning, mm -hmm. like 700 horsepower, yeah, no, no problem. Yeah, right? with, with a big and, uh, Rotrex. Um, and people are buying these things. He's doing pretty reasonably well, I think, selling the bracket. Mm -hmm. um, the bracket is the real product that he sells. Yeah. Um, the blowers he resells. Mm -hmm. um, but the bracket's kind of a neat thing. Uh, but again, yeah, lose my air conditioning. Yep. And that's a turnoff for some people. Oh, well, some folks have gone and gotten electric AC compressors and then custom <laughs> lines. Yeah, <laughs> but, yeah, but there's your new can of worms, you know? Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> yeah. so now you got to, you know, what is this, like a $2,500 expansion pack? I don't know how much it costs, but do you know somebody who can build the lines? Yeah. You know, I, it can be done. People have done yeah, it. Yeah. Resourceful people who have some contacts or spend the time researching mm -hmm. and spend the time, but there's no, there's no click. Tur yeah, turnkey solutions. Yeah, I yeah. mean, even his blower kit, he has one for a TL, but it took him a long time to assemble this. Yeah. Um, he was just doing like a DIY kit. He still sells the DIY kit for people with other cars, mm -hmm. but the TL was so popular, he made one for it. Specific, yeah. Later on, for the fourth gen, it helps that he actually has one each of these cars, mm -hmm. but, um, yeah, it's just, oh, I want to put one of these blower kits on my car. Like, wow. Okay, well, yeah. if you knew what you were getting into, you know, sometimes you'd ask the question. Now, I have had folks buy these things knowing full well mm -hmm. of at least the depth of the pool that they're diving into. Well, good. Right? And so, this is great, right? Yes, I know it's going to be a while. I've heard the horror stories. We'll communicate. We're not going anywhere. We've mm -hmm. been online a long time. We answer the phone mm -hmm. or we call back voicemails, all of that stuff. It gives people a lot of peace of mind. So, yeah, it might take forever, but, you know, we're not going to disappear with your yeah, money. I guarantee it. It's going to happen. So, Sooner or later, you'll get it. Absolutely. I've never had one not ship. Yeah. You know? It just takes People a while. that wait, I've never had one not go. So, mm -hmm. same thing with the Gersey Bear thing. And actually, Andy's really specific about if I'm going to order a supercharger from him for a customer, mm -hmm. he's got this like standard line of questions mm. that he wants passed through. He's hesitant to even have me do anything with these things because, mm -hmm. you know, he likes to have this hands-on approach to make sure that people don't end up getting something that doesn't fit, doesn't work, yeah. or or is, um, you know, something that they were not expecting. Yeah, and I appreciate that fully, and so. You know, he's given me the opportunity to list these things and represent the brand on our website mm -hmm. um, and at least, you know, engage with him, answer these questions. And, uh, 
you know, sell the product. Uh, and it's nice because, you know, it gets people coming into the store and checking it out and asking questions. Mm -hmm. It's just sometimes it's hard to answer some of these questions because of what we already talked about. Yeah. Yeah, well, there's a lot of variables to it, you know. And then even within that, there's your personal tastes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Where it's like some people would be like, oh, yeah, I don't give a shit about the air conditioner. Take it off. Yeah, a lot of people. Yeah. yeah. Whereas other I never people, use it. I'm like, yeah. don't. Whereas other I people. I never not use mine. Yeah, other people would be <laughs> like, no, absolutely not. This is a luxury car, and I bought it as a luxury car, and I'm not going to take the air conditioner out of it. Like, what could be more miserable than leather seats in the summer with no AC? But then, you know. It's like my CRX. Yeah. One of the stipulations was, I want air conditioning, yeah, yeah. you know, and it's been a mental challenge, a mental challenge, not reneging on that because <laughs> I know in my mind that I want the air conditioning, but <laughs> I also know that it will be easier if I can let that part of it go and mm -hmm. it wouldn't be the first time that I didn't have air conditioning <laughs> yeah. and in honesty, like, you know, we live in Oregon. You don't really need to use it all the time you anyway. Can get, you can get away with this. There's a yeah. really big chunk of time where you won't need it. Yes. Right? Yeah. Like and then now, an even bigger instance. chunk of time where you won't even be driving the car. So, like, yeah. how important is this really? Yeah. But I'm like, no. This car's always had air conditioning. I'm blessed <laughs> to have all the air conditioning components. Yeah. They all work. Let's make it happen. Yeah. I'm not not putting... <laughs> and then especially now, since I've already done all the fabrication around air conditioning being there. Mm-hmm. This wild downpipe, just oh, so that it yeah. would clear the. It would be dumb not to follow through and put the air conditioning on. So you know, air conditioning is something that, um, yeah, it's really easy to take out, but really hard to put back. <laughs> yeah. And uh, but some people, yeah, yeah, they're just like, no, nope, I don't need it. Yeah. Well, you know, and once again, down to their purposes. Some people are building drag cars and race cars, and they're like, dude, I don't give a shit. I'm really only a, care about going. Fast. Yeah, I'm gonna be turn in, it off. Yeah. I'm gonna be a flame proof suit. I wouldn't even feel the air conditioning. So what you're saying <laughs> is, I can lose some weight out of my car. <laughs> well, so like adding a supercharger adds Exa weight. Yeah. Well, but I can take some weight away. Yeah, also, it just trades it. Pull yeah. out the uh, condenser so I get better yeah. airflow. Mm -hmm. For that big intercooler, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I looked at C38s for my Civic for a while because I really wanted big power on that. But you know, you had to lose the AC to put in a big road tracks. So mm -hmm. You had to. You otherwise you were stuck with that. I think it was like a C30 or whatever is what I ended up with. Yeah. Which you know, potent, but they had some of the other road track superchargers that could do six, seven hundred horsepower yeah. if you had the build for it. Yeah. But, I don't know. The air yeah. conditioning is a thing, though. I think, you know. It can't have just to do with I'm over 40. Yeah. But, you know, I think the other thing is I want to be able to cruise around in it, you know, with my wife and stuff. Yeah. And she won't be happy if it doesn't have air conditioning. She won't be unhappy cruising around on the, on the right days. But yeah. I just don't want it to be, you know, invariably, even the S2000, right? You take it out, top down, cruise around, blah, blah, blah. 45 minutes in. You're like, hey, this is hot, it's noisy. Hot hell, yeah. <laughs> Put the roof up. Yeah. You know. Just because you set out, you know, with it one yeah. way and it's cool, you know, on the way back, mm -hmm. you know, you don't, you don't want to have those amenities make like, like a roof and air conditioning. <laughs> They're nice. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Those little things are, are cherries on top of your driving experience. Maybe I'm a, like, 
no, worse no, about it. I don't think so. Cause I think a lot of people agree. Because when you look at the type of car that you're building with that CRX, it's like it's a track-capable street car, and yeah. it's like almost a show build, you know, yeah. where it's supposed to be pretty, it's supposed to be very pristine, it's mm. supposed to be a good example of kind of what you can do on the platform. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think with all those things in mind, you know, gutting it and just making it a race car wouldn't really no, take any of those boxes. Really I don't think you're really doing a car justice by doing that every single time. No. It seems like a lot of the builds these days, that's exactly what they are, too. Well, you know what? I think it's because it's just so damn easy, you know? Thank you for saying that. Yeah. I I know that it is not easy. It's easy ripping the interior out. Yeah. But it's not necessarily easy getting it looking great because, you know, people will go in and and fill a bunch of the holes Mm -hmm. and then they'll smooth things out and paint it and then like put paneling on the inside a lot of people don't do that no no just tear it apart Well, because i I was probably over a decade ago now uh you know as i'm thinking about it but like battle cars kind of became a thing you know cars battle cars yeah where like it's like if you had a miata that was just trashed and you just knew it and you just accepted it oh yeah this is a northwest thing it's yeah i noticed this a lot up here socal northwest is big i don't know that i noticed that type of thing so much in socal i mean there was a certainly a subset which there East, certainly was a subset. But East Coast, they have a lot of battle cars. Do they? Too. Yeah. When I came up here, I noticed a lot of that kind of But yeah, where it's like stuff. you ripped your bumper off, so you just zip tied it back on, you know? Like, and very obviously, like you picked neon zip ties and uh-huh. then drilled a bunch of holes and just put the stitching on the side of the car, you know? And like when you get a giant dent, you put like a vinyl decal of a band aid on it. Like, yeah. shit like that, where it's just kind of like, eh, fuck it. And you make a race car and you just leave the harnesses just <laughs> unbound and just like, bullet connectors and individual wires just hanging all over the inside you know i know but they build these crazy you know like 500 horsepower 240 sx and they're like this thing's an awesome car man check it out just you know you got this giant fucking e-brake on it with like a a crystal ball on the top (laughs) and you know not not my style of course of course (laughs) but it became a style and as a result i think it kind of it changed people's expectations of what a show car should be you know, because yeah. su- suddenly people were like, I mean, it's kind of cool, you know, like it's like a rat rod. It's like, why not? You yeah. know, why not lower the bar a bit on that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's there's room for all kinds. It's I not understand. your style. I totally get that. Well, it's here's not really the thing. mine either. It's also not my style to like do the donk thing either. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, and it's a spectacle. I, it, it I is, guess in, yes. the, in, a, in a way it's the same thing. Mm-hmm. You know, on one hand, you've got. But um, but one of them involves like trying to do things like really nicely. Yeah, yeah. There, there's no way to make an ugly car. I don't know. There's there's. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I don't. I think it's just. I don't really give a crap about this guy. Like it wasn't that good of a car to begin with. Mm-hmm. Then use it, right? But it's like purposefully making it worse. It just seems. <laughs> It just yeah. seems like uh, I think it's a bit of a stretch. It's goofy, but uh, you know, I feel like stance culture because I've spent a bunch of time orbiting it, and I've done a lot of thought yeah, about the it. Yeah, video like, videography yeah. stuff. Yeah, in fact, I, well, let me see. I've got my yeah, I've got it my all started wear, in Seattle. My stance shirt on. Yeah, um, but. Yeah, the stance culture is about that kind of like, gotcha, made you look, you know? And <laughs> yeah. some of it is very VIP and it's quite pristine. Some of the interiors are really sure. beautiful, but there's 
a pretty good portion of it just to get people to go, what the fuck? And like yeah. just see you yeah. and shoot a photo and talk about you and et yeah. cetera. And that's what I think is so funny is that I see people hate on stance culture all the time. But you know what they do? They shoot a photo and yeah. they share it on the internet. Yeah, I think and that's the, exactly what these guys want. The stance thing, <laughs> I, I feel like, is a different category of thing as opposed to the, what you call the battle card, which I'd never heard it called I've that. seen overlaps. I have. Yeah, I believe it. Yeah. Yeah, and you know, so there are, one of the cool things about like the rat rod thing is, mm-hmm. is that they were made to function, yes, but not to look good. Yeah, totally. And a lot of it was let's build a performance car around mm-hmm. it. This otherwise what would be kind of a junky car, yes, you know. And so that's great. But when you, I think that you can step over the with any one of these, mm-hmm. with anything, you can definitely step over a line, oh, right? Yeah. If you're building a performance car that you're going to drive on the street. Yeah. You could step way over that line yeah. and make a totally miserable, undrivable piece of shit that would only really, <laughs> it would be a, a amazing on the track, yeah. right? Or at the drag strip mm-hmm. or at the track. It's phenomenal. But then when you try to drive it on the street, it's, it's just, miserable, yeah, it's right? It is yeah. like miserable. I did that with a racing and like clutch. Removing the air conditioning is a gateway drug too. <laughs> you know, <laughs> It is, yeah. Yeah, putting a gnarly clutch in yeah. is another thing. It's like- Yeah, or the, a master cylinder. Yeah, yeah, or like I'm gonna take away my my power. Why? Well, for cleaner engine, a better feel on my brake. It's like you're driving to work. Like how <laughs> fat do your yeah. calves need to be I and ho- thighs need? If you're braking and it re- involves quads and calves, <laughs> you're doing it too difficult. Like I hope you have an amazing drive to work because if you're just slogging it on a freeway, what the f- are you? Yeah, doing? I mean like, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it, it better be Laguna Seca to work because <laughs> we're, we're gonna circle back and touch on this again. Yeah. But there, you know, you could go too far with the stance thing. Yeah, you oh, can make sure. the car undrivable. Yes, and and okay, sir, you know, you slam the car, mm-hmm. you're gonna have some trouble on some driveways. We all been there. Yeah, that's okay. Air better, right? Yeah, if you go, yeah, pretty elegant you can solution. Definitely go with air. Yeah. it's much more uh, commonplace now than it's been ever, mm-hmm. and. Uh, you know, oh, I don't have money. It's like, well, okay. Well, then we get back to the other conversation of, well, yeah. if you don't have money, you're just going to fuck up a car. Yes. Fine. Yeah. And you're going to be sad that you fucked it up, too. You can do, <laughs> you can go too far with VIP. Yeah. With all of the bullshit on the oh, inside. Oh, yeah. Right? Dude, like, a really nice lounge atmosphere doesn't have trinkets galore. <laughs> yeah. Like, it doesn't have to have... Every little diamond encrusted everything. When you everything. go yeah. to be dazzling. <laughs> The whole inside, <laughs> yeah. you know, that you went too far. It shouldn't look like a Claire's. Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So any one of these, like, sort of genres of modding, yeah. you could definitely go too far. Oh, I no mean, doubt. like with a rat rod mm-hmm. or or what could be, you know, a new wave battle car mm-hmm. is, yeah, all right, a rough, ugly car that's generally straight, but we've tuned it up we've done some fab we've yeah. made this thing perform like holy shit yeah it goes like home we just didn't give any consideration to how it looks because yeah. we really don't care how it looks we yeah. care about how it performs mm-hmm. that shouldn't involve investment in dingle bobbers off of the <laughs> rear tow hook yeah that shouldn't involve uh <laughs> y- you know the 
ridiculous shift knob. Yeah. Like oh, yeah. if the shift knob is a bolt. Yeah. You know, or something like <laughs> you know, or some like crazy you know gigantic lug nut from a semi truck or mm-hmm. something yeah. that maybe makes sense, but it's not. It, they're going out of their way to do something goofy. And so that's maybe where the dance battle cars intersect. Yes. Yeah, exactly. And then this just doesn't really seem to work. You see it in drift culture a lot, actually. Drift it's, is a whole different thing. Yeah. See, drift is all about style it's, and pushing boundaries. It's, but it's all over. Because when I see Northwest drift cars, a lot of them stray towards stance and battle cars. It's mm. a strange... There's like... Essentially, it's like a eight-circle Venn diagram or something of car culture around here. Uh-huh. And then there's these weird overlaps sometimes of yeah. two or three or just two or two here but not two there. And it's like, you can find people doing all kinds of weird stuff around here with yeah, old cars. Yeah, you know what? The Northwest is extremely eclectic. It is. It's actually I'm, got a huge car culture considering how miserable it is to drive here a lot of yeah, the time. Yeah, interestingly, <laughs> you know, from being from SoCal, mm-hmm. and, you know, I, I've i talked to people all over the country. Yeah. It, you know, and racers, culture people, yeah. whatever. I haven't done that many traveling to other car events, mm-hmm. but I've spoken with enough folks from the Northeast and the South and all this to know that Southern California considers itself (laughs) to be the epicenter of everything. And um, that's in a lot of ways true. Mm -hmm. However, uh, it seems like when, you know, a bunch of years ago when the SoCal Traveling Circus was getting its way around going to other places, Mm -hmm. I was so surprised to see really cool shit in other places of the country. It's like, yeah, we're all over. You know, it's mm-hmm. all over the place. Like, it's not that most of the cool cars are in Southern California. It's just that there's a shitload of people in Southern California. Yeah. And a small percentage of people have a really dope car. Mm-hmm. And there's a small percentage of people up here that have a really dope car. But it's a lot less overall people. Yeah. And the same thing out of, you know, the South. Mm-hmm. Or if you're in the Midwest, yeah. right? The mm-hmm. car culture has, I think... A very similar gradient of people doing different things but up here mm-hmm. it's really uh it's really really eclectic more than it is more than i think that i could say that i've seen other places yeah it's always rare to see a really clean like jdm looking car mm-hmm. or you know whatever um that's always rare but up here it's like if you go to a show i mean it's no holds barred it, it could be anything. Yeah, yeah. It's all kinds. Um, it is, I mean, there's a, a lot of cross-sections here. And I can't help but think that maybe some of it has to do with the weather, really. Just because, like, in Southern California, there's a lot of motivation, you know, to like, oh, well, why not have a clean car? Because we can have clean cars I think here. that there's a big status component to the true. Southern California part too. of it, yeah, too. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, you look at how many supercars there are down there. Yeah. Well, I think... You know, people are trying to have a caliber, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. and I think it takes a lot of the fun out of it. Yeah. Um, well, the Northwest know, is definitely experimental. There's a lot of things around here that you, you're you like, what the? F- I've never seen that before. Well, and there's plenty of cars, to your point, too, that, you know, haven't had the, you know, the ideal life of, yeah. you know, dry yeah. weather Warm all the time. weather. Yeah, good yeah. driving I'm not even talking about rust. Cars don't get really get rusty no, here. No, thankfully, on the West Coast, we're pretty damn It's lucky. pretty amazing, guys. Yeah. If you, you know what? If you're a, 
uh, used car market is drying up near yes. you. Look in the northwest. Yeah. There's a lot of metal up here that's in good shape. It might have some green shit growing on it. <laughs> but, you yeah, know, that you can wash off. You might have some mushrooms in the floorboards. Yeah, there could be some <laughs> mushrooms growing <laughs> off of the car somewhere. Yeah. That's not... But a joke. No, it's not. Really. <laughs> it does get pretty humid, and it gets very wet. Yeah, though, and it does not dry. That's yes. the thing. It gets wet, and it can and stay it like that for weeks. Yeah. 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 It's yeah. crazy. Um, but we don't salt our roads, so as a result, yeah. it's like I mean, because I've had like my F one fifty. It's only a twenty seventeen. It got brought over from Michigan. It's already got rust. Off oh yeah, fucking over it, and it's only been out that way. Dude, couple I had my years. TSX. I was driving up to British Columbia for mm-hmm. a job. And I got stuck in the snow one time up in British Columbia. And you got rust afterwards? And I had already pulled out my whole transmission. I cleaned my engine. I cleaned the trans. I cleaned the hole underneath. Mm-hmm. My car, my engine was beautiful. I got stuck in the snow. That's literally stuck. But it snowed. And I was driving back th- through Washington, mm-hmm. through uh, you know British Columbia, through Washington. And I got back. And a week later, I got all this white shit growing all over my yeah, engine. Yeah, yeah. Like, God and it's very hard to get it rid of. It took like that one trip. Yeah. And I didn't realize it. Otherwise, I would have rinsed it off. But, <laughs> right, yeah. Um, but I didn't realize it till I got under the car again. And it was like, man, all this stuff is corroded. It mm-hmm. takes like no time. Yep. But, you know, at least here, you know, we really don't have any corrosion. So No, very, very, very little. So, okay. Well, here we've talked a bit about yeah, I think the uh, superchargers. Let me check the camera again. Yeah, we should be still. Yeah. Uh, I feel like we've been... Talking for a minute. Why would it turn off? We're at about 50 minutes. Well, I haven't used it before. Oh, okay. I'll have much more faith in it the second time. All right, cool. Don't worry. Well, 50 minutes. First time, I just don't want to fuck it up and have us say all these great things and then just be like, oh, it wasn't recording. So we've covered (laughs) uh, building uh, custom supercharger kits and, you know, what to be prepared for mentally Mm -hmm. before you even... Yeah. Ask how much it's going to cost. Yeah. Just don't. And then, uh, what, some car culture. Mm -hmm. Um... Ending on, uh, we got a new person starting. Oh, good. Tomorrow. Great. Yeah. Speaking of cars that were brought way past the brink of being able to be <laughs> driven on the street. Yeah. I drove this guy's car way back in, uh, oh, it had to be right around 2000, 2001, mm-hmm. right? Right when we were starting Heel. I think I may have started Heel Toe. Um, EF Civic. Completely gutted, and I mean, just the top half of the dashboard. Yeah, just on the rail. <laughs> no heater. <laughs> yeah. No nothing. It was stripped beyond right. Black little black eighty eight eighty nine si with a B sixteen A engine in it that mm-hmm. was built by a friend of ours named Sai. Sai, uh, at the time, was with a couple of other friends of ours who were trying to start up a shop, and they kind of sort of started this shop called Sciism. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I did have heel toe at the time because I subleased a front corner of oh, their shop, shop to put some display cases in there. Okay. You know, it was back when I really did need to verify that I was a legit business and doing that I had to have some pictures of my shop. Cool. So my sticker was on the front door. My two <laughs> display cases were right inside the front door. Nice. And all the rest of the shop had nothing to do with me. Mm-hmm. But it made for really great pictures for opening up accounts with, you know, whoever. So I think I actually opened my Tain account that way. Nice. Um, and that was a while ago. So yeah. I, uh, yeah, Sai Nakashima actually used to work for June USA. Oh, yeah. 
Junior USA ended up shutting doors, mm-hmm. but Cy was still around. So they hooked up with uh, uh, Tim, this guy I'm talking about, and another guy that we knew, Scott, and they started the Cyism shop. Cy was supposed to be, you know, the head, like, technician who would do all this stuff, but I don't know. I don't really know what happened because I wasn't really involved with the shop. Sure. Uh, all I know is that he did a lot of time uh, porting out cylinder heads for people. So he had this B-16. So Cy... Yes, exactly. Yeah. So Cy built a B-16 for Tim. Like a turbo? N-A. Oh, okay. 1.6, and they dynoed this thing. It made... It was like 198 or 200 <laughs> horsepower. Yeah. Out of a 1.6. 1, 1. Yeah. And N-A. he... It wasn't... Not B-16B, B-16A, right? Mm-hmm. So, uh, with whole June top end, high compression... Yeah. He was at, you know, with the zero weight oil way before that became a thing. <laughs> and we were all like, what? Zero weight? That's like water. I'm like, yeah, no, this is what you're going to run. It's going to make the power, right? Mm-hmm. Fully built this thing and it screamed 10,000 RPM. This thing ripped out to 10,000 RPM. Man. Noisy as fuck. I'll bet. And loud, like, again, all metal, nothing. Mm-hmm. You could feel the heat coming. All off of the <laughs> firewall. Yeah. A friend, another friend of mine, Drew, and I borrowed it one day, and we went to the beach, and we, yeah, I think I can't. Something was wrong with one of my cars, so Tim let me borrow his car, and we went mm-hmm. cruising around in this thing, and it was obnoxious. I'll bet. But ripping it, it's fun, right? Third, yeah. fourth gear, yeah. nine, ten thousand RPM on the freeway mm-hmm. in the summer. It was just gorgeous. <laughs> anyway, Tim actually came up with the name Heeltoe. Oh, okay. Yeah, I needed a name for my company, and I was not creative enough to come up with one myself. And he had a couple of good ideas, and one of them I really responded to, which was heel toe. Cool. Tim relocated to the Northwest a few months ago, mm-hmm. and uh, was looking for some work, and we needed a person, so he's starting here tomorrow. Awesome. Cool. So Tim has actually went to high school with my wife. Oh. Um, and so she's known him longer than I've. Well, you're all kinds of interconnected then. Oh, yeah. That's cool. Well, she introduced me to him. Nice. And we did, you know, engine swaps in, in my parents' driveway. You know, it <laughs> yeah. was like. That's way back. Yeah. It's way back. Yeah. This was, oh, yeah. yeah. I think that swap happened in uh, 99. Okay. Yeah. Cool, man. So I've known this guy for a really long time. Good. And, uh, you know, I'm I'm excited to have somebody new here to to yeah. to work on some things because you know we've had some staffing, like, yeah, Instability. exodus. We'll just yeah. call it an exodus. Yeah. <laughs> like, we had three people working here, and they've all left in the same you know yeah. three months, and uh, just you know onto different things. Yeah. Um, and Elise and I were like, screw this, we'll just do it because that's who we are. Like we can do it all, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but as it turns out, we can't really do it all. <laughs> so yeah. he's gonna he's gonna help us out in. Uh, I just wanted to share that Good. little tidbit. I don't know if Tim will ever be part of anything that we do here, but you know, maybe one day he will add. Yeah, yeah. Um, just have to see if he wants to. Yeah. Well, cool. All right, everybody. All right. It was a little bit of a longer show today. It was. Um, hopefully, it was entertaining. It was a little bit freeform. Yeah. Literally, actually, thought I, that we were talking. I thought that we were going to talk about something else. Oh, well, but um, just keep that in your back pocket. Yeah, we'll just keep it back there. Yeah. And uh, yeah, hopefully this. Uh, this is a good listen for you. Yeah. Thanks for tuning in, guys. Also, if you have any show ideas, don't yeah. forget to leave them below. Because, you know, what? Yeah. I really liked when somebody said, talk about suspension. And then we could talk about suspension. Yeah. Or talk about your origin story. Mm-hmm. And we did a little bit of that. So, 
feel free to leave a comment. Let us know what else you'd like to hear. Yeah. All right. All right. Now we're leaving. Bye. Okay. Bye. <laughs>